0: Yeah! to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is the indomitable Steve Persh, fellow member of the Nerdalogs. Uh, Steve is moving to Milwaukee in the next couple weeks uh, on June 1st, so I wanted to get him in there before he's less accessible for me. Uh, and also, he's super smart so i knew whatever he decided to discuss would be interesting and he'd be very knowledgeable about it and i was not wrong uh steve talked to me about his love of making websites which is something he does for his uh, day job and also for the nerdlogs. so for reference uh check out nerdalogs.com you may have already, it's what we host the podcasts on which I think is just amazing um, and, and and makes this whole thing seem inordinately professional uh, which is really cool and I had very little to do with it uh, but we, we reference that a lot to give everything um, a frame uh, for me at least to understand uh, some of the things that he talks about um, I hope you enjoy it uh, one of my favorite things about what we discussed probably was, uh, the idea of getting yourself into trouble. And in this case, it just basically means, uh, taking a risk, m- making something happen, agreeing to do something without really being fully prepared for it. And I, uh, I, I love that concept. I think we should all, uh, Be so lucky to be able to be risky and take chances and and have it work out in the end if we put enough time and energy into it. Um, I feel like I've recently had a few things come along that I've just kind of thrown myself into and I'm enjoying seeing where they go. And uh, I hope that you guys really enjoy what he has to say about that whole process because he is almost entirely self-taught in the realm of making websites which is absolutely amazing and enviable Um, but that's kind of just what kind of guy Steve is Uh, so before we get into that couple show plugs the Nerdologues are opening Lord of the Wrigley the Fellowship of the Cubs a week from Friday that's May 23rd it will run through the end of June Uh, on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays at the Public House Theater here in Chicago at Clark and Irving Park. Um, My show at the Annoyance will open eventually. (laughs) I'm now thinking that the preview will probably be on May 27th and the show will open proper a week after that on Tuesdays in June and July. Uh, Squall has two more, nope, three more Uh, times with the new new show on Wednesdays at 8 at the Playground Theater, so come check those out, and my last Ray Ray Friday for the time being will be this Friday at the One Group Mind Theater at 8 o'clock. They'll still be doing it, I'll just be hitting up Lord of the Wrigley with my nerds, um, And this Sunday at the Public House Theater, there will be a Your Stories recording uh, with the group Cake, which is a Chicago comic uh, book-related convention-type deal. So come check that out. The theme is fellowship to tie into the show that we're opening the weekend after that. Uh, And there's a dog barking, which you may or may not be able to hear, so... It may have been worthless for me to mention it. But you know what? This episode, not worthless. Super great. Get into it. Behold the glory that is Steve Persch. Enjoy. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to sneak you in here before episode 50. Just to... Yes! Yep.
1: First 50.
0: Yep. Top, yes. Top 50.
1: <laughs> Excellent.
0: Yeah. Because uh, I thought it was appropriate. Um, and I'm glad that you could do it.
1: I'm glad I could do it, too.
0: <laughs> My um, guest today is Steve Persh. Hey, that's me. Fellow member of the Nerdalogs. So I think this marks the fourth. Am I technically? now oh, the yeah.
1: halfway point of mm, Nerdalog
0: guests? I think so. Oh, the, you're technically the fifth. All right. And that includes Talavera. Sure. So including him and all the current members... I, I suppose guess, you yeah. Can,
1: can you be a guest on your own podcast?
0: Oh, right. That is the difference, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> I, I can be. Maybe that will be and the I, 100th episode. I might be at some point. Okay. Uh, it, has, it is something that's been discussed. Right. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the year, the year mark or uh, maybe save it for episode 100 and pull a... Uh, I, th- I think Pete Holmes and Mark Maron have both done that at this point. Oh, really? Yeah, they've gotten someone else to interview them for Landmark episodes, mm-hmm. and everyone accused Pete of doing it because Mark Marin did it, which makes sense. <laughs> copycatting podcasters. And I'll probably eventually do it, too. Who are we kidding? Hey. <laughs>
1: It's going to happen.
0: I want to talk world. about Parks and Rec for an hour and a half. And <laughs> <out>. <laughs> Can
1: Claire be the guest host?
0: Yeah, I think, honestly, that would be super fun, but I just feel like it would be so much squealing and, like, and squiggling. I don't know how productive it would actually be.
1: Yeah, you would, you would need... Someone who is a Ron Swanson, yeah. not someone who's a Leslie Nope.
0: Yes, so true, which is hilarious because Chris has talked to me about wanting to do it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, there you go. Uh, but anyway, that's that's for another time. That's for sure. 50 episodes from now. Right. Um, <laughs> my guess name is Steve Perch. Uh, we're definitely past the halfway point, mm-hmm. whether or not you mark it or not, I think. Um, And he's going to be talking to me about his love of making websites. That's true. Uh, Which is great, because he made ours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nerdologues.com. Check it out. Check it
0: out. (laughs) Yeah.
1: uh, Yeah. So, the reason I decided on making websites rather than Mm. web development... Sure. Or some other standard term was... Because it's what I tell people right. what my job is when they say, Oh, what do you do? And I say, Oh, I make websites. Because uh, it's an understandable thing. Right. If I say web development or software engineering, that's uh-huh. not... It's harder to... Yeah. Harder to understand exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. But uh, a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, um, Paige was asking me, Why do you say making websites instead of web development? Uh-huh. It's like... I wouldn't say delivering babies. Right. She's. She actually just became a doctor last week. Uh, yeah. Congratulations! Uh,
0: I meant to. I. I've, I've only really seen you once since then. Oh yeah. And it was like during rehearsal, mm-hmm. and then you left before rehearsal was over. Yeah. I, I left yeah. right after rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever. whatever, whatever. And I didn't get a chance to say congratulations to her via <laughs> Doctor Penrod. Now that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so she was like, (laughs) I wouldn't say
1: I deliver babies. Like, there's a job title beyond Mm -hmm. the, like, literal thing that you do. Right. Um, And, yes, that is true. Right, (laughs) right. Uh, But it's more understandable. And I feel like it more accurately describes what I'm interested in. Sure. um, More so than the, like, pure topic of... Web development. development. It's more the entire process of cool. making websites yeah, that interests
0: me. That makes a lot of sense, and it's probably a good thing. I think so. <laughs> because if you were to be someone who like got caught up and enthused by the minutia of it, it would probably be less interesting.
1: I get caught up and enthused by different minutia.
0: Yeah, that... that <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I feel similarly because when people ask what I do, I say I'm a TA for chemistry classes, mm-hmm. but it's not at a college mm-hmm. and it's not just broadly chemistry. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. But saying that I'm a TA lab tech at a a uh, place that teaches chromatography classes means nothing to a vast majority of right. people.
1: <laughs> and in most small talk situations, you may not want to just dive right. into explaining that.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. So I and, try to. Uh,
1: yeah, I have a hard enough time getting people to understand the word Drupal, I
0: so I try to leave that out of the explanation. When I knew I can. that Drupal would get a discussed at some oh, absolutely. point, but before we get there, let's talk about the origin of your love for making websites. Uh,
1: my, yes, my making websites uh, origin story uh-huh. goes back to college. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was the producer of a radio drama show. Awesome. That uh, produced a live radio drama episode every week. And we had a website. What was this called? Uh, Nerd.
0: It was just called Nerd?
1: Northwestern University Radio Drama. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: God. Damn it.
1: I know. Two of the big <laughs> that I have spent time on. Uh, nerd and Nerdlogs. So infer so what you will. Funny. Uh, so nerd had a website and we had just won some <laughs> awards and I was at a conference and everybody was talking about podcasting. This would have been 2005. Uh huh. Um, and I really didn't understand what podcasting was or how it worked.
0: So you were just releasing it as, like, big audio clip files on the site? Or how did it even work? I don't,
1: I don't even know if we had it. Well, we must have had it on the site somehow, because what else would our website have been? Right. Um,
0: but otherwise it was just broadcast broadcast like campus the, like, radio. It was, like,
1: broadcasts um, on the radio, uh, And there was a website with, like, bios and a history of the group. A little bit of info, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I knew I wanted to do a podcast, and I had this unofficial policy for myself that I would sign up every quarter for a class that I wasn't really qualified for. I I did, I I guess, really just the second half of college Uh um, with mixed results, but (laughs) <laughs> in one case, it led me to what has been my job. Yeah,
0: because what was your major?
1: I was a theater major.
0: Holy shit. And I don't know if I ever even knew that. Yeah, I was a theater Or major. realized that. Man, and I have to have known that at some point and just, like, forgotten or not fully processed how crazy that is.
1: It's pretty weird.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's
1: awesome. And it's a career path that I don't know will be available in a few years. Really? Like... Not really trained for this field, and you just can work in it anyway. Sure, there's still so much influx in the field that uh, it's easy they're enough. They're
0: taking whoever right. knows what they're doing. Like there's
1: you know negative unemployment more or less. Right for web developers. <laughs>
0: that's, so, great. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: great. But it also means you can yeah you can get work right out of college uh-huh. without really knowing what you're doing.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so. Uh, I took a class called Media for the Web uh, through the music tech department. Wow. And (laughs) it was more or less all about making flash players.
0: Man. For
1: MP3s and...
0: And at the time, that was useful, but I mm -hmm. don't think anyone had any idea how useful it would be. Wow. Or at least the general public didn't.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the professor said at one point web development is about to get so much easier because uh everything will be in flash mm mm-hmm. And you won't have to worry about all these cross-browser problems. And you won't have to worry about JavaScript. And he was exactly wrong. It was
0: yeah, I was going to say, Flash. everything, I was like, like, wait. A year later, <laughs>
1: Apple started killing Flash. By not That's what I was thinking when iPhone. you said
0: it. I was like, yeah. wait, Apple doesn't have Flash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, so all of
1: those like, the specific skills that I learned in that class.
0: Became real, obsolete almost became, immediately. Became
1: obsolete very, very quickly. Um, so yeah, I wasn't, qualified to be in that class I spent spring break before that class started trying to teach myself html and css because all that in the prerequisites was an intermediate knowledge of html and css and, you had, and I had zero
0: wow that's crazy I know I, I was just it's funny before I came I told Stephanie what your topic was and then I was like I think he's mostly self-taught. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew it wasn't absolutely your major, yeah. but I don't think I realized that
1: theater was your major. Yeah. Uh, I just threw out the For Dummies book
0: <laughs> <laughs> that I bought my senior year
1: of college. That was my junior year.
0: H- HTML?
1: It was PHP and my sequel for Dummies. <laughs> <laughs> Like server-side programming and databases for dummies.
0: Okay. And wow. it
1: got me moving, at least. Right. Um, yeah, so after that class, which turned out fine, mm-hmm. um, I had an internship at Looking Glass Theater Company. Oh, cool. In their artistic department, so like, filing headshots and helping with auditions. Right. And at one point, I overheard one of the artistic directors talking about how they wanted a blog and an online magazine, and I said... I can do that. I
0: can do that. Oh man, clutch.
1: So that summer internship turned into me just making two WordPress sites for that.
0: That's amazing. A
1: blog and an online magazine that released an issue. I'm putting issue in
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> with each
1: production like a, you know, a marketing type magazine, sure. um, like interviewing an actor mm-hmm. or doing some Kind of flash multimedia piece, right? With the set designer and their drawings of the set, or the costume designer, something their drawings to the costumes. supplemental
0: to mm-hmm. a website they probably already had.
1: Exactly. So they they already had a, a website that was their main website.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So then. Out of that summer internship, they hired me on part time to maintain that website, and That's then great. a year later to just rebuild the entire website, which <laughs> lasted for six years until like three months ago.
0: Holy shit! So much shit. longer than
1: I initially expected. It
0: I to had last. no idea.
1: Yeah, that was so. Uh, coming out of college, I decided to graduate early because I had finished the credits, so I stopped officially being a college student and. December, January of my senior year and then sure. just started pursuing web development work. Um, so yeah, built looking glass theater company site, Victory Garden site, both of which have you know since been redesigned and rebuilt. Um, this was yeah, six or seven years ago now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I one of the first shows that I saw in Chicago was at Looking Glass. Oh, which I saw one? Peter Pan. Yeah. It was amazing. Isn't that good? I loved it so much it was so unique yeah in so many ways
1: yeah working with Looking Glass really shaped my attitudes and expectations about like what it meant to be doing theater in Chicago sure they all graduated from Northwestern together and had a we're doing it attitude Uh Uh we're gonna meet every week we're gonna rehearse this show for six months cool in a really process oriented way, mm-hmm. you know, put it up, and they did that a few more times, and I don't know, in season three or, so, or something, had a breakout hit with The Jungle. Um, but it was like very Upton much. Upton Sinclair. Yeah, Upton Sinclair, wow. The Jungle, adapted and directed by David Schwimmer.
0: What? Yeah. I knew, I forgot Schwimmer was one of those people. Yeah. I knew they had a like big name associated in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. That is so cool.
1: Yeah, so. After working at Looking Glass for two years, um, I kind of had it. In my, that was, was your like,
0: only job? It was
1: a part-time job um, for two years or so. And then I was doing freelance web development.
0: Outside in of that. To that. Yeah. Wow. That mm-hmm. is awesome.
1: Yeah. That's so was, cool. It was, it was fun. Um, and at, after uh, working on a production of a show there... I started to realize that... What would you
0: do on the production? Uh,
1: I was the assistant to the director...
0: Cool, right. Um, around
1: the World in eighty Days, which was so much fun to be a part of. That's um, awesome. Uh, and after that, yeah, I was getting to around two years mm-hmm. there and was getting more into the web development side of things and trying to figure out the split that I wanted between web development and theater stuff, and I figured... Sure. I'd rather have my work be work... And right. my theatrical pursuits be that, right? And trying to totally make, trying to make the day job be both things. Um, yeah, wasn't wasn't where I was looking.
0: Yeah that that makes a lot of sense. I I I can kind of relate to that with like when I've done tech for shows, mm-hmm. it just feels so weird mm-hmm. to be a performer and be doing tech because a lot of people don't usually think of the tech person as being a performer. And mm-hmm. I've worked with a lot of people who didn't realize I was a performer until mm-hmm. way into the process. Yeah. And, uh, and I just recently just fucking nipped it in the bud. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had two things left that I had agreed to do. One mm-hmm. got cut short and yeah. I was like, Oh, thank goodness. And the other one, I was like, I looked at my schedule I had at least one date that I thought might conflict, mm-hmm. and I knew they still had time to find someone else. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. I feel right. terrible. I'm sorry. And they were right. like, It's cool. Whatevs. Like, we got it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, That that was all it took. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is a really unique being, you know, making money via the thing that you. Also want to be doing, but not in that capacity. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's weird. It's a right. weird conflict of interests.
1: Yeah, yeah. So for me, it was you know, the realization that you know, making websites for theater companies is not the same as doing the theater of a right. the theater company. Sure.
0: Yeah. That's that makes perfect sense to me. And since then uh since you left looking glass you've been working where you have now for a for 3 few years. years so
1: yeah after leaving looking glass i was yeah doing freelance work and then basically just progressed to bigger and bigger companies over a few steps so coming out of freelance i worked with one other guy and then um a company of about 10 people And the company i'm at now was 25 people or so when i started there and we're now around 35 wow mm-hmm. huh
0: I don't even realize it was even still that. I don't think I realized it was even still that small.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, are you still going to be working for them in Milwaukee?
1: Yeah. Okay, uh, that's after, what I thought. Yeah, so after Paige and I moved to Milwaukee with her starting the new job there. Uh,
0: Boo. I'll just, oh, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, still, I'll still continue on with the same company and just work from home. We've got the Chicago office, which is the main office, with like two-thirds of the company, and then people all over so i'll great. just switch from being a chicago person to a
0: not chicago one of those person. not but as you've told us already that should bring you into chicago for more than just like i think so visiting chicago reasons exactly
1: yeah Which i, I nice. expect i'll be around at least once a month or so
0: good mm-hmm. i guess yeah. <laughs> uh we're losing a great man to milwaukee um, but you know, I'll probably have to come up for Brewers and Braves
1: games and stuff. Absolutely, like that. yeah. I was wondering how much uh, Brewers Braves trash talking happened. <laughs> I don't really follow beyond knowing what,
0: what the Brewers are. Who, doing.
1: Did they win or not? <laughs> uh,
0: right. I uh, I they're doing really well. They are.
1: They they started to hit what might have been a slump but then, uh, they, then they took two out of three against the Yankees so I thought all
0: right nice yeah a similar thing happened to the Braves we hit a big slump uh we lost more games in a row than we had since like before last season or something crazy like that mm-hmm. um but then we swept the Cubs mm-hmm. And now we're still trying to do something against someone that's not the Cubs. (laughs) We're on the West Coast, so they're playing right now, but I'll figure it out after. (laughs) If you need
1: to take any breaks.
0: No, I'll be fine. It was still scoreless in the fourth (laughs) when I got here. Um, But anyway, uh, yeah, but I can relate to that. I don't totally follow the whole league, but I do play fantasy baseball, Mm -hmm. so I kind of... Oh, that... I have stayed out of
1: all things fantasy sports because it seems like a giant time hole
0: yes everything you're saying is correct i started playing fantasy baseball last year it was the first fantasy fantasy sport i played um i really enjoyed it but i stressed about it way too much and put a lot of time and effort into like you know, trades and r- rosters and things like that and making sure I checked every deck because we've mm. set daily rosters, which is terrible. If you ever <laughs> play fantasy baseball, do a weekly roster. <laughs> I'm just telling you now. All right. Uh, I really enjoy it. I would recommend it, mm-hmm. but it can be a time suck if you let yeah. it be one. This season, I was way less like, <laughs> I have, going into it, I was just like, I don't even have as much time as I did last mm-hmm. season to do this. Because I was unemployed for most of well, not most, yeah. at least part of last season, yeah. and uh, when I started, I was yeah. uh, <laughs> so I had a lot of time to be yeah. very yeah. and draft and all that. But I really like it. Mm-hmm. I can't see myself really ever getting into any of the other fantasy sports, mm-hmm. but I do really love the sense of the whole league that it gives mm-hmm. you. You uh, I mean you obviously always know how the players you have are doing and mm-hmm. how the teams they're on are doing in general. Mm-hmm. So I I like that I know way more about baseball now as a result of it than mm-hmm. I did before. So mm-hmm. that's cool. And it also gives you a point of reference for like anyone else who's a, you know, I could talk to, uh, you know, Oakland fans about mm-hmm. how their team's doing, which is something I, I could not, right. Yeah. right <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because Look, I Brad, have, Brad Pitt is still there. Um, Yeah. <laughs> Head of operations, right? yeah he is uh, uh, yeah uh, Jonah Hill's in the he- in the office as well okay. <laughs> uh, yeah I have I have two A's and they're both doing really well Good. so well
1: congratulations
0: thanks man. <laughs> You're a regular Bobby Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah! Okay. Yes, I am. Um, so, that's a tangent, but like you said, we were probably both <laughs> expecting it to come up at some point. <laughs> well, we got it out of the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, So, when did you start using as much Drupal as you do? Almost right away. Okay. So... Also, explain what Drupal is.
1: (laughs) So, do you know what WordPress is?
0: Yes. So,
1: I'll start by explaining WordPress because that's where I started. Okay. At least with those looking glass sites. Right. So, WordPress is a blogging
0: Uh platform,
1: and you've got the concept of blog posts. Uh huh. You can sign in as users, and this is. I apologize, WordPress developers, that my knowledge of WordPress is seven years out of date. <laughs> but basically, you've got blog posts, you can make one off pages, mm-hmm. an about page, and that's about it. So you can okay. make blog posts.
0: That was my understanding of mm-hmm. it, even though I hesitated with my yes. Yeah. That's about
1: yeah. what I understood it to yeah. be. Yeah, so WordPress can be stretched to do more than that, but it it's mm-hmm. primarily a blogging tool. Uh, Drupal. Is more flexible in that it's primarily based around this idea of content types. So one of those content types could be blog posts, it could be uh academic department if you're building mm-hmm. a college website. It could be
0: You events. used Drupal to create the Nerdalog site, I correct? Did. Yeah, it is so, the Drupal
1: 7 website.
0: In our case, it's like Podcasts, videos, Podcast bios. episodes. Right. Yeah.
1: Podcasts and podcast episodes are separate content. I know. And the podcast episodes reference the podcasts. Cool. And the okay. And the single clips reference. reference both. Wow. They could just reference podcast episodes because the podcast episodes also reference the podcasts. podcast.
0: Podcasts. But I
1: figured, you know what? Might as well try. Because it. we're automatically populating these anyway. Right. Because it'll be handier if they're both just available. Uh-huh. They're both fields on the clip content type.
0: Cool. I bring that up because I know what that looks like because I have to <laughs> <laughs> was, that's, what I have to access. And
1: that is how this podcast do this.
0: Episode will be
1: posted. <laughs> yep. You'll be signing into nerdalogs.com, Yep. Making a podcast episode yep. mode, filling out the title, the body, uh the field mm-hmm. for what the mp3 file is mm-hmm. i don't remember what other fields I, there
0: it's are. like uh a, a header the body the mp3 the title. All oh, right, the
1: separate teaser and yes. body. Yes, right, teaser. Yes. That's yeah, the yeah. teaser.
0: I realized after the first couple times that I did it that I needed to also have the text of the teaser in the body if I wanted it to still be there when you clicked on it, which yes. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't check to see how you had formatted the others. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also almost added a podcast, <gasps> like. A few times. <laughs> I mean, not. I've never gotten far enough mm. into the process. Once I click on podcast, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, oh, wait, oh, wait this, this isn't, isn't right. right. <laughs> yeah.
1: See, maybe then I need to alter the permissions because yeah. in, addition, in addition to managing different types of content, Drupal can manage different types of users. <laughs> so you can sign in as Barry Beth Smith and mm-hmm. be a... Content creator, I think that's what I called the role. Thank you And right. then there's a separate login for administrator privileges.
0: Nice. And the
1: administrator role can control what tasks the other users are allowed to do. So right. I can take away the permission to create a podcast node. Okay. Because okay. we only have four.
0: Right. We
1: don't add them very often. No, and if we ever
0: did, it'd be something where we would be like, Hey Hey, Steve, we need to do this.
1: (laughs) Add a podcast.
0: Right, right, right. Um... That's so funny. That as soon as you started explaining all <laughs> I was of, like oh yeah It's our website. I know exactly what See, you're talking I have, about. I should have just used that as an example. Right. In that's, my explanation. That's one of the reasons why I brought it up. Because Thank I was you. yeah <laughs> because I was like, well this at least means something for me. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I started using Drupal I guess in two thousand seven when I got the contracts to build Victory Gardens and Looking Glass because I knew WordPress wouldn't be enough. Right, sure. at the time, I had to pick between Drupal and Joomla, which is a Drupal competitor.
0: An even more made-up word than Drupal is. Yeah. Joomla?
1: Joomla. Both of which have explanations for their names. I'm sure. I think Drupal is a misspelling of a Dutch word. (laughs) <laughs> I think the guy who made who invented Drupal um, wanted to buy the Dutch word for house and mistyped and got the Dutch word for drop or vice versa.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So. So we have Drupal.
1: <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't pick Joomla because it has not done as well over the past, I guess, seven years now. <laughs> But yeah, I can't. when you yeah, say 2007, 2007. Yeah.
0: and then say that seven years ago, those things don't yeah, sound like know, the same. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or the same definition
1: anyway. Yeah, so I've been using Drupal now almost. Yeah, because that was summer 2007. That's crazy. Yeah, I was at um, I was doing a presentation at an Arts and Business Council of Chicago event for arts marketing. It must have been. Cool. So I was just doing a presentation on. The blog that I had made for like the the last... WordPress stuff. Um, Yeah, and another presenter there um, mentioned Drupal as a tool for building a more complete website. And I made a note of it. And (laughs) I'm going to have to do that soon. You're
0: so fucking smart. Like, it's it's crazy. Uh, And and I just, you know, mean that in the best way. Mm -hmm. I feel like being a part of the group uh, I just slowly realized how many things you were able to contribute in so many different ways <laughs> and like not just in like writing and performing ways uh, and so much of those things were like self-taught or something like you said mm-hmm. that you 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 heard at some point yeah. and just fucking yeah put in the old thinker so <laughs>
1: The way I think about those that time seven years ago right now um, John Stewart and Stephen Colbert use this phrase of getting yourself into trouble okay. to describe their I think early 20s um, for them in a performing context I think Stephen Colbert would book a performance space, invite uh, the press <laughs> uh-huh. and not have a really show, any plan yeah, yeah, a yeah, show. yeah, yeah, and like that's getting yourself into trouble.
0: Yeah,
1: I got myself contracts to do Victory Gardens and Looking Glass Theater Company Without websites. Really... And in retrospect, I would think that person doesn't have the experience to do websites of that scale. <laughs> right, and because I didn't know that at the time, mm-hmm. I just thought, yes, this is a thing that I can do, and I will. Just work around the clock until it's done. And it took, like, between four and six months of just working on those two sites, more or less, all the time. But,
0: I mean, it's kind of nice because there were probably very few people involved who would have any concept of, like, how long something like that should take or could take.
1: And... Those people would have charged a lot more money.
0: Oh, for sure. So much Yeah, yeah. Like any... That's... Yeah. I mean, that's the way that you get yourself into something is by saying, yeah, I can do this. Uh, and it won't cost you much, but like... But you're just going
1: to have to wait until I'm done.
0: <laughs> That's kind of... That was something that came up when, when I did the podcast with Matt Barbera. Like, mm-hmm. he's also someone who will just kind of throw himself into things, mm-hmm. uh, and figure it out after that. Yeah. And it's worked out for him, like, mm-hmm. in so many ways.
1: Yeah, and it... One of the reasons that worked was because I understood what theater companies needed. Sure. Like, that... That was a piece that I didn't totally appreciate at the time, like, as I completed this websites, course. and they worked out pretty well.
0: Uh-huh. If you'd been doing that like, for not a theater company...
1: It didn't go so well um, when I transitioned <laughs> to not a theater company, because now that I've been doing this for seven years, there is a whole step of the process where you're just understanding what is this organization, what do they need, yeah, what might they need out of a website. I just had that baked in because I had been right. around theaters yeah, of and course. theater companies right. for so many years. Right. Um, so I just had to figure out the website part. Um, and then after that, needing to figure out, oh, wait, who is this client that yeah,
0: I'm to Yeah, man, for? it's a weird comparison probably, but it makes me think of being a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like lawyers have to do a lot of self-teaching yeah. in order to figure out mm-hmm. all of the aspects of whatever cases are. And, you know, aspects of, uh, legis, the general mm-hmm. legal process. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I feel like that's gotta be a factor for you too, depending on who you're working with.
1: Yeah. So the company I'm at now, it's a lot of universities, media organizations. Like right now I'm working on a college and a big magazine. Really? And, Uh, They're they're both the types of organizations that my company has worked with before, so Um, we've got an understanding of what they need. What colleges need. Yeah. And what magazines need. need. Uh, But it's still still a challenge with each project. I
0: feel like you told me relatively recently something, a website that you had worked on, and I can't remember what it was, but it's not important.
1: Uh, Yeah. At this company, I've worked on uh, Public Radio International... Marketplace, um, Barnard College, uh, Interlochen, uh, <laughs> a arts boarding high school and oh, cool. summer camp. Um, yeah, I got to kind of pinch hit on the Martin Luther King Center huh. website, which was amazing. Yeah. I guess that was two years ago now, uh, the King Center In Atlanta, yeah, yeah, uh, was digitizing the whole archive. I think
0: I've been there
1: before. Maybe anyway, I think they have a physical presence. Yeah, I know they. So they had a building where they had, I think, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of physical documents that were just physically stored somewhere, and they were digitizing all those, and they wanted to get them on a public website somehow.
0: I know Um, what it is. Claire told me that you helped with the digitizing of the sketches uh, portion at the Museum of Art, Art, Art Institute of Chicago.
1: Field Museum.
0: Field Museum, is a, yeah.
1: A site that my company yep, worked up. that was
0: it. Just, just
1: <laughs> as I was starting at, at Palantir.net. Um, I knew were, it was They were a wrapping it. up the Field Museum.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a Chicago. And they, yeah, they also had...
1: Literally millions of records that needed to be connected to the website.
0: Right, right. Yep, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have more
1: stuff than they know about. Wow. I think Claire has a story about how like they lost... I think they lost a whale. <sighs> a literal whale skeleton. <gasps> I'm... Check with Claire on that <laughs> anecdote, because I only know that anecdote through her. Right. But I'm pretty sure they lost some kind of large, really large creature in in their archives.
0: Uh, <laughs> or just forgot that they had it.
1: And the, oh, yeah, maybe that oh, was it. Forty years later, just... oh, here's a whale that nobody has looked at. Yeah, that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... So, uh... The, the projects I'm working on now... Uh, one of my main focus points is identifying what we're not going to do. Mm-hmm.
0: Like,
1: if we're starting the field museum. We're not going to find your whale for you. Right.
0: Um,
1: that's that's a huge piece of making websites, like setting expectations Defining. of what, what we're doing. So on, on the project at can right now, uh, we made it clear with our, with our client contacts, and they understood that while we'd be... Um, migrating their content doing a new presentation of their content making it work across phones and tablets and Mm -hmm. smartphones we are not rewriting anything sure the the description you have of your biology department
0: is what it's going to be
1: that is what it's going to be so don't you know don't go setting expectations for all of your department heads that you're getting a new website you're getting a new look on the same website sure that you've had
0: I'm, I'm sure that would be a big factor. That's a
1: big factor because People
0: I think the, like the last
1: time they did a, a major a major project on the website, it did also mean rewriting oh. everything. Um, and this time it doesn't necessarily mean rewriting everything. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah.
0: So that's something that you have writers for? Or? Not at my company. No. Okay. I, um, I didn't like think so. Some
1: of our peer companies do that right. work. Uh, but for us, um, it's not something we're it's commonly just a contracted to do. To because it's, it's mainly a, a consideration of what what does a client want to pay for versus what do they want to do themselves. And uh-huh. that's probably a skill they of have. Of course. Internally.
0: Right. Yeah. And. Yeah, probably something they would want to keep in house yeah. versus trying to get someone who is already having to learn about what they are right. <laughs> to exactly. uh, be able to yeah. produce proper website. Let alone yeah. web content. Exactly, because there's a huge difference, and especially
1: working on Nerdalogs.com. If I'm in the framework of organizing content types and styling code, and I might build out a new piece, like building out the video page. Mm-hmm. I could work on all the code and I'd think there needs to be three sentences at the top of this page. <laughs> I'm not at all in the frame of mind to think what those three sentences are. I'll email Chris.
0: <laughs> That's really
1: funny. Because it's, yeah, it's just a big mental shift between uh, writing in English yeah. and writing code. That's so funny. So, what? Who oh, do you use? PHP is the language that Drupal is written in. Okay, so that's the primary language that I work in, okay a server-side language. So, basic web architecture: you've got your browser, Firefox. Mm-hmm. It hits nerdalogs.com. Mm-hmm. The server that holds nerdalogs.com sees that you've hit nerdlogs.com or nerdlogs.com slash nerds, which is our BIOS page, and interprets that request, knows you've asked for the list of nerds, asks the database for all of the nerds listed as ensemble members. <laughs> really that's we've got a person content type. And then anyone who's ever told it your story story is a person recorded in the website. Gotcha. Um, but only Ensemble members and honorary members
0: mm-hmm.
1: have bio pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bill. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I'm sure we'll get all the other Emeritus members mm-hmm. full bio pages at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so you hit nerdologs.com slash nerds. The server asks the, asks the database for all the bios. And then PHP. PHP is that middle language okay. that, that goes between um, the server knowing that we're serving... Slash nerds. Okay. And the database saying, here's your data. PHP is that middle layer. Gotcha. Taking the data from the database, and organizing actually, it, um, styling it, presenting it. Gotcha.
0: Cool. Okay. So, like, the yeah. translator.
1: Yeah. The, yeah. The styling is, well, technically CSS. Okay. Which is. Another thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I knew we'd get a little little nitty gritty. Uh, Wait
1: till till we get to (laughs) jQuery and improv edits.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I can't wait. Uh, (laughs) All I was going to say is that to graduate from the governor's school Mm -hmm. um one of our requirements was at at least one term of uh computer science which is great i wish i had that in high school (laughs) and if i had had half a brain i would have tried to retain more of it than i Mm -hmm. did as it is i still remember i mean they kept it pretty basic because Mm -hmm. they had to because everyone had to take it Mm -hmm. they couldn't make it too hard yeah but then there are People who got to take a ton of electives mm-hmm. in computer science, which is amazing. Yes. Like, my, I, my high school experience, as I've spoken mm-hmm. about many times, was so unique and awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people got that much of a head start going, knowing they were going to go into college mm-hmm. and continue to do this. One of the things I remember is that we had a lab where we had to make a pizza, show up, on the screen. like, we had to use code to draw mm. pizza.
1: Excellent. Uh, and this is where your love of pizza was born. it's
0: right? probably, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I didn't invent a thing about yeah. pizza, I think I would talk about that lab in my <laughs> comp sci class in
1: high school. Right, nope. I, I don't want to derail, but at some point we need to talk about the pizza API. But can, can okay, <laughs> all
0: right. Well, it's, there's not much more to okay. it. But I, there was like you got extra credit. If you not only drew like a pizza and like part of the lab was drawing Mm. concentric circles. So, if you drew, like, two or three concentric circles, mm-hmm. that was sufficient. Okay. But if you also drew circles that were pepperonis or or whatever... Sure. ...then you got extra credit. Nice. And I drew pepperonis. <laughs> of course. Why not? Because, yeah, I was going to get the extra credit. You are going to You're gonna get the topic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what is pizza API?
1: So... You've been sending Chris and Kevin pictures <laughs> of pizza every time you eat pizza pizza for like a year now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Are all those images still on your phone? Yeah. Taken with your iPhone? Yeah. So there is geo data on all those images. Yeah. There's the date it was taken on all. They're
0: those all images. they're all in my messages. They're okay. not all still in my uh, my photos okay. but all of my photos are
1: on my computer okay so uh there's this open data movement out there in the world primarily around governments of taking government data that already existed either just in spreadsheets or in paper and making it open mm-hmm. to the world somehow I think it'd be funny to do that with these pizza yeah. packages,
0: yes, uh, to
1: make them publicly accessible <laughs> um <laughs> so that the pizza habits can be mapped or graphed or analyzed uh, in whatever way like what day of the week are you eating so pizza most often
0: there um what
1: time of the day are you eating pizza that's most often So
0: funny I wish I don't I think I've probably deleted some from my phone that I didn't put on my computer just because I was like, oh, they're in my messages. Yeah, the
1: the data set would not be perfect. And okay.
0: And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Data's never perfect. But it would be pretty... I There's a lot of pictures of It would be enough around. to complete the joke, I, <laughs> yeah, I Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I think they... I know that they both have on, set, on different occasions talked about, like... Uh, different things that they want to do with all the pizza pictures. Yeah, let's...
1: First we, first we just need to get all the pizza pictures in one place. Okay. And then I'll write a script to come through them, pull out the geodata, pull out the time information. <laughs> sounds good. Make an RSS feed or something. So yeah, sounds great. Uh, probably a JSON feed.
0: Then there, <laughs> there's... Uh, there's at least one that I sent via Twitter. Mm-hmm. At the at the at the new year, I I made I was like, all right, it's a new year. I'm gonna be more artsy with my pizza, <laughs> and then I just stopped because I eat way too much pizza to get creative <laughs> with every pizza. <laughs> artsy, huh? I sent a couple in like black and white with like filters, and okay. then I sent a couple that were like uh, nicely laid out. Mm-hmm. Usually, I like. More often than not, they're mm. just pictures of my hand holding a piece of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it needs to be.
1: Um, a couple uh, months ago, I graphed my exclama- exclamation point usage. That's right. um, And it has skyrocketed. Exclamation point! <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I exported my Google Voice data. Which is like four years of texting. uh uh-huh. And yeah, I wrote a script to go through every message that I had sent. That's and crazy. And check if it had an exclamation point or not. And then I graphed the month-by-month month exclamation point usage. And <laughs> it just sh- straight up. That is... But that may be I'm entirely attributable to, to Paige. I'm not uh, sure.
0: Oh, I mean, I truly think I've started to use them more exponentially Mm -hmm. but at the same time i i could see that also being a factor the person that you're probably like text communicating with the most right if that's the style that you usually converse Mm -hmm. in but at the same time like i do think i've gotten to a point where like i and i think we talked about this when you first introduced to us that you had done this yeah (laughs) uh and we've gotten to a point, and I, I know that I know that this was part of the reason that you did it, where like using an exclamation point in certain places just clears up that like you're not mad yep. or you're not being short. You're yep. like being excited and just trying to yeah. uh uh pr- like give out information, and I, that has to be a result of losing any context of vocal communication. Yeah. Like, because texting and emails have become essentially the main forms of the way we communicate Who with one Who uses voicemail anymore? I never do. Yeah? I can't remember the last time I left a voicemail. The last few that I've gotten, like, I don't know, maybe my mom, you know? Yeah. Like, it's...
1: <laughs> On Mother's Day, I got to what might have been the last ring calling my mom, and I was thinking... Do I need I to leave, leave a, leave a
0: voice? <laughs> Mother's Day. Well,
1: luckily, she picked up, so I didn't have that to I, answer that question.
0: Right. Yeah. So I, I do think that's a huge factor, and I do think that's a real thing. Absolutely. Because I know there have been times where I've been like, "Oh, is this? Is this like? Are you being <laughs> short with me? Huh? What? No. No. Oh no. Oh no. Oh oh no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Miscommunication. Yeah. What is improv edits? As compared to, to
1: jQuery, yes. So, uh, as you said, I was preparing notes right. for uh, for this interview, and I was thinking of how web development has impacted me creatively.
0: Ah! Uh, uh, I'm sorry, we don't have to jump ahead if you want to talk about it then. Oh,
1: let's get into it now.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: and um, so we're both uh. One group mind improvisers one Mm -hmm. way or another. Mm -hmm. Um, Me currently, you previously. Um, But after working with Mike Abdal-Sayed for like nine years, really, um, college through um, post-college OGM off and on, Mm -hmm. he would get so detailed into the way he would talk about improv edits. Mm -hmm. So the um, swinging door where you've got one person switching between two scenes, like Mm -hmm. they're on a hinge. You've got um, tag-outs where it's one person and a series of other people. You've Mm -hmm. got split scenes, two people uh, in one scene, two people people in another scene, and they're pulling focus back and forth. Mm -hmm. And those are all um, different ways of directing the audience's focus. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Now to jump over to... The jQuery side of things, (laughs) briefly. There are a series of jQuery shortcut animations. So if you've seen something on a website where you click a button and then something slides down or... Slides up mm-hmm. or slides to the left, slides to the right, fades in, fades out. Those are,
0: crisscross. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe there's a jQuery
1: crisscross function. Uh, um, so
0: like a drop-down menu or
1: like Yes, drop-down menus can can be done in that way. So those are all of those um jQuery. Functions of slide in, slide out, slide left, slide right are all just shortcuts on, on a broader animate, um, concept. Okay. So jQuery is animating elements and slide left, slide right are just shortcut ways of saying a more verbose, um, animation. Okay. Uh back on the improv edit side of things, tag out run, swinging door, um, split scene are all shortcut ways of telling the audience we're going to shift your focus this way and oh, this way. Oh, cool. Sure. Um, yeah, I think it was sometime in... It must have either been Mrs. Ulysses or Anderson Villains, my OGM team, a couple incarnations ago. Okay. Um, where we were talking about these... <laughs> Anderson villains.
0: Anderson, oh, it was
1: Anderson villains. Because we were... I think we were, Or was it Tricky Mickey? No.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, boy. We
1: were talking about all... Like... I think we got into, into questions of like, well, what if you only have three people? Can you do a split scene? Or mm-hmm. is it automatically going to be a swinging door?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... What I was realizing as I was learning about these jQuery functions is it doesn't matter so much what we're calling these things. Uh-huh. Because no matter what, the real thing that we're doing is, is telling the audience, look, look here, here, look here, mm-hmm. pay attention here, pay attention here. Um, and on the jQuery side of things, <laughs> you can be saying slide left, slide right. And it's handy to have those shortcuts, mm-hmm. especially for learning... The first time, like mm-hmm. it's really handy to have those shortcut words available. Yeah, but at a certain point, I as totally you try to get deeper understand in what you're and saying. understand, like what are ex- like yes. what exactly is the difference between uh, a split scene and a swinging door? Is the difference really that one has three people and one has four people? No. Is that the most important difference? Is it
0: the stage picture? Is that the most important difference? It's all about how you get how you're like, focusing yeah. the attention of the scene. Yeah, man. Yeah, I totally I like. I followed to a point, and then and then I totally understood what you were saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so that's really cool. I uh, I love that uh, as, <laughs> as a comparison. So.
1: Nine years of Mike Abdal-Said improv <laughs> got me so in the abstraction mindset because the way OGM teaches improv totally encourages asking those questions. Mm-hmm. Like, what really is the swinging door? And, uh. and what really is the tag out run? And how can we expand these concepts? And always looking at taking things one layer more abstract. Mm-hmm. Just so happens that the Drupal ecosystem in particular really encourages abstracting things too. That's
0: so funny. Uh, I mean, I feel like you even talked a little bit about that when it was coming down to like podcast episodes versus clips versus mm -hmm. podcasts.
1: What does this reference? So in older versions of Drupal, content types were the only things that could have fields on them. Mm -hmm. But users, we want to be able to put fields on user profiles, but those are a different thing. Um so in Drupal seven, they were both abstracted up one level to both be entities ah. um, so yeah in that way i've I've found two areas of interest that really encourage thinking and abstractions
0: that's so cool i I love that it it and and i i really gotten so much out of um, the the One Group Mind training process. I mean, it was ostensibly... It, it was the first long-form improv I ever mm-hmm. did. Even mm-hmm. though I came to it way after mm-hmm. you did. Uh, and way after I had started improvising. I'd mm-hmm. been improvising for like four or five years before I, mm-hmm. I got into long-form.
1: Yeah, it blew my mind coming from doing short form, comedy sports short form yeah. in high school to uh, things like scenes don't have to have tension. Yeah, or, sure. Uh, you can just do matching characters. Right. And don't worry about being funny. Yeah. Like,
0: what is uh, going on? house doesn't compute. I think it actually, I think because I came to it early, I, I didn't have as much to like overcome to just mm-hmm. embrace it Yeah. Um, in terms of long form. Um, and I think it's such a good way to think about improv if you don't get caught up in those minutia, like you mm-hmm. said, like if you don't get caught up in, Oh, this can't be a split scene right. because of this, or yeah. this can't be this because yeah. of this, like it, at this point in, in the life of, of our team, Raygun Reagan, Reagan we're so rarely thinking about the technical things that Mm -hmm. we're doing. Yeah. We're just kind of, we've just kind of internalized that. And, and when it happens, we all have enough of a common language that we know what's happening and why it's happening. Yeah. And that's
1: the point that I want to get to in my day job now, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: about a year and a half ago, um, the company that I work for started, embracing, uh, agile project management, okay. which is basically a philosophy for organizing the way a project is run. Um, traditional project management often uses waterfall techniques where you set up a series of dependencies and sure. execute everything in yes, order if from then. a prescribed plan and yes. agile, depending on who you ask, um, yeah. is more around... Uh, organizing work so that it can be tackled in small chunks mm-hmm. and constantly reevaluated. evaluated So okay. the work is organized into sprints, which are generally two-week time periods where you do the highest priority things okay. and you're constantly reevaluating every two weeks what is the most important thing. Um, but when we went through that Agile training, my immediate reaction was, this sounds so much like the way people talk about heralds.
0: Yeah. This is sure.
1: exactly the way people That's talk so about heralds. Funny. But, like, there has to be three uh, two person scenes at the <laughs> beginning. Yeah. And then you have the game. And then you have and then some people say the herald no, the herald can be very loose. People talk about Agile the same way. Like the Agile Agile has to be extremely strict. Uh-huh. And you have to have all of your story is defined. Or no, it's all about That's just so responding funny. to the highest need, man.
0: <laughs>
1: it's just all about what's most important. That's so funny. So, so yeah, right after we went through like two or two and a half days of Agile training, um, we do these informal lunch presentations. So I did one on improv. Oh, it's cool. was like, guys, we need to recognize that this problem space of uh-huh. having a prescriptive formula is not a problem space unique to project management. Right. Religion has this question. Improv has this question. Baseball has this question of when do you lean on prescriptive techniques? Mm-hmm. When do you rely on instinct mm-hmm. and be more informal? Um, and what I learned through improv training is if you have the techniques down, mm-hmm. if you have done strict training, yeah. this is how you execute yeah. split scene of fast, this is right. how you do tag out runs fast, mm-hmm. then it's really easy to get loose with them mm-hmm. and, and find yourself in a tag out run that turns into a split scene, that turns into a swinging door that comes back and can you re- even draw the borders around mm-hmm. them. Right. Um, that only works if you do that.
0: Actually, no. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's so cool. So what I've been man. doing, what I feel like I've been doing at work, is like we need to drill.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need to drill these things.
1: Yeah. So that we can ignore them.
0: <laughs> sure, man. That I I've known, or I've kind of been like seeing improv like that for a little while now, and it's and I think part of it was becoming a coach mm-hmm. because I don't think. When I was just a player, I really thought as much about it. Mm-hmm. But seeing it from the other side, I'm like, "Oh, but you guys like we got right. we got to fall before we can run." Yeah.
1: <laughs> like yes, the audience is not sitting there with a Harold score sheet, making right. sure you did it all correctly. Right. So no, you don't get any Harold bonus points. Right. That's not a thing. Right. But
0: you have to be if able you to do understand.
1: know what the strict form is. You at least have that as an option, mm-hmm. and can deviate as much as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's only there as an option if you actually know no, what that structure is.
0: Yeah, that's so. That's so pertinent to what you're talking about. Um, is there anything else? that you want to cover before we wrap it up.
1: Oh man. Let me let me look at my yeah. notes. Yeah.
0: Consult your notes. Oh I God. I saw you so consulting a few th- a few times, uh, but I didn't know if we were actually like covering things that you wanted to Oh uh, we, we had
1: we had some, but Good. uh uh other notes I've got we're not gonna get all these. <laughs> URL or it didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> Perfectionist Pete uh Getting Yourself in Trouble, we, we hit that one. Yeah, uh, Going Where I'm Needed, um, that idea of, oh, I'm the only one in this theater office who might be able to build a website. Um, I feel like both...
0: Was it, So, wait, URL or It Didn't Happen is actually is that, finishing the website, right?
1: <laughs> it's finishing the website, and uh, Drupal is... In this open source culture where there's an expectation around making things public. Okay. And the way we make things public is by posting them on Drupal.org, be it a conversation about code or the code itself. Mm -hmm. If it's not there, it doesn't matter if it's in your head or you talk to somebody about it. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to point someone to... The URL where they can
0: Right, they can right, 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 right. right.
1: Um, yeah, it's like a variation on cite your sources. Uh, sure. I saw, I saw a tweet that I want to put on a t shirt.
0: Oh my gosh, I something else we have to talk from about. From this
1: guy who works at GitHub.
0: Oh. Um,
1: I think the tweet was always be answering questions with URLs. Uh, yes.
0: <laughs> yes. 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 you have to answer
1: a question, yeah. find a way to put that on the web somewhere mm. so that you never have to answer that question again. That's now, so funny. I say that because there are things that live only in my head and I'm not particularly good at that. <laughs>
0: there you go. Yep. And I see how why yeah. it was pertinent.
1: Yep. Oh, and uh, we we don't have time to get into
0: <laughs> it's okay we can uh-
1: the Vietnam of computer science can be a web exclusive oh but we are on the web <laughs> uh, the the
0: Vietnam of computer science
1: yeah we can just link to that and anyone okay. who's interested can can read can read about the Vietnam of computer science I'm in. all right cool uh
0: the Oh, we have to talk about Drupal haikus. Yeah. Oh, how do we not talk about? I know about Drupal that's haikus. when I just had that moment where I was like, mm. "Oh my god, we have to talk about something." <laughs> I know something else we have to talk about. It was because I uh, remembered we I hadn't brought up Drupal haikus yet. Yep. Uh,
1: so I'll bring up the Twitter profile. Um,
0: <laughs> so
1: I am being outed. It was I never <laughs> tried to keep it a secret. But, uh, yeah, we have. I, that uh, I, yeah, that I'm the saying. author of, of the novelty Twitter account <laughs> at Drupal Haikus. Um,
0: How many followers does that have?
1: Let me look. I have not been tweeting much from this, but it's got 135 followers.
0: Hey, not two shabs.
1: Yeah. Um, and one of my coworkers who's got... Couple thousand followers often retweets them, so I feel like
0: <laughs> you can. I you like only I've got a wide
1: you. reach. I've got a wide reach. <laughs> um, so uh, the the most recent Drupal haiku is is a practical one. The use statements at the top of the file make the ingredients list is a Drupal haiku <laughs> relevant to the latest version of Drupal, Drupal 8, which is not officially released yet. And there's been a lot of uncertainty (laughs) and fear about all these new language constructs that Drupal is taking advantage of, including including use statements at the top of files. And people are getting freaked out because it's something I had never seen prior to Drupal 8 starting. Mm -hmm. And really all it is... Is a list of the ingredients of the file. It's a way of thinking of if you want to understand what's in this file, you might need to reference these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the really, I think, <laughs> I think this Haiku said it well. Like. These are the ingredients that get used in this piece of code. That's so funny.
0: I love that not only are they jokes, but also sometimes just uh, like just you totally addressing, practical. yeah, you addressing new things.
1: Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, and then some are total jokes, right? So the the second most recent one is when you override all of Drupal's theme functions. You unlock odd job. <laughs> Overriding theme functions is just part of what we do.
0: What's the uh, the one that ends with sigh?
1: Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh <laughs> That that one is
0: I feel like we use that HTML in a couple of different We, we shows. have used that
1: in some nerdolog shows and I'm trying um, to find it. Um, here we go. Div. Class, class. Div. Class. Div. Spam. Words. Close spam. Close div. Close div. Close div. Sigh. <laughs> that is a comment on how Drupal is notorious for using way too many wrapping divs.
0: Ah, uh, I see.
1: So, people complain about all of the extra wrapping markup in Drupal that surrounds the actual content. So in this haiku, <laughs> it's mostly wrapping is words. and then words, and then a sigh. See, that's yeah.
0: hilarious. I think so. <laughs> I think it's really funny. Super duper niche hilarity. Yep. Uh, I'm just so,
1: I... <laughs> I've got a running Google Doc of Drupal haikus, and some of them have an edge to them, and I've avoided tweeting most of those. I think
0: just for the for the fear of I feel like I don't
1: really need to pick fights with anyone, with who's anyone. associated
0: with actual like Drupal creation. Well, or, I mean, uh, development. Um. Who are the who are these targeted at?
1: Alright. Well here's one that has not been (laughs) tweeted. But I think I just exclusive.
0: Exclusive. (laughs)
1: MBS exclusive. (laughs) Yep. Um, (laughs) let me first count the syllables and make sure I have it. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Five
0: seven five. It's five seven five. Just, you know, to make sure everyone's on the same page about haikus. Uh
1: Alright, ants of Middle Earth tried to join the core queue, but found it too slow. Wait, I missed one. So, but they found it too slow.
0: Found it to be too slow? No, that's too... I think
1: but they found it too... Some combination. (laughs) (laughs) So that is just a dig at Uh how the Drupal core issue queue is notorious for... Taking months or years gotcha. to do anything.
0: Gotcha. But it's that, not. that's like, I don't need to take a shot of, at the yeah.
1: core issue queue because I don't contribute to it very much. <laughs> um, it's so I've got funny couple, how much you think
0: about stuff. Oh, again. I do.
1: Because I'm much more of a Drupal core observer than participant. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe with moving to Milwaukee that balance will shift more maybe I'll have more free time to contribute to core but I have not gotten a patch into core in over a year I think okay so no I don't want to take shots (laughs) at the people who are actually doing that work unpaid often when I am not
0: right right uh well I'm death glad if I had forgotten to mention Drupal haikus oh we got a link to that there are so many I mean I could just It's it it's on the note. It'll I be in the notes. Look in the notes of the podcast Guys, on nerdlogs.com slash podcasts slash MBSing. Check out at Drupal Haikus. Or you could just go to Twitter and, and look up Drupal Haikus, but then you don't get to see uh, Steve's beautiful website work. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I know we didn't get to cover all of your list and oh, I know that no we've already talked about some of this, but what are ways that you feel like making websites has affected you creatively and what are ways that it's felt you feel like it's affected you your life in general?
1: Uh, and your the, love thereof. I think the biggest effect creatively recently mm-hmm. That I felt is uh, the not making things precious. I didn't fra- phrase that very well, but uh, no, the, the, the video I was just editing, I think, is a good example. Uh, what we were talking about of
0: right before yeah,
1: we started, yeah, yeah. of just um, of just doing it. Mm-hmm. We shot it like a month ago. I haven't had had didn't have much time to work on it. And I was thinking it would be a really involved process, and I would want to get it just right. Mm-hmm. And when I sat down to do it, I thought, "No, I just need to do this." Mm-hmm. Started making cuts, and very quickly, I've got a rough cut, and it looks fine. And it's
0: hilarious. It
1: doesn't need to be precious. I think is a good way to yeah, put it.
0: Sure, and I understood what you yeah. when you said that, even though it wasn't totally worded how you wanted it to be. And uh, I
1: think that that's something that I've pulled from the work um, that I've done recently at my job of uh, this piece of code isn't perfect but it needs to go out today
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it gets the job done it could be tweaked later Mm -hmm. but right now it's gotta go Mm -hmm. and on the other
0: hand uh you know something that you worked on uh that needs to change Or be done away with Is also how I would think mm-hmm. I would think that would be a factor Somewhere in there as well Creatively and. Uh, uh, what do you mean? Uh, in terms of like Well I'm thinking of this from the creative side of things If there's something mm-hmm. that's like Say we have a scene or a bit or something That we want to be included mm-hmm. And we can't be too precious with keeping it If yes. we want If it if it, if we don't need it,
1: and that's something where I feel like it has, for me, mostly gone the other direction. Interesting. The what, what get, gets talked about in sketch circles of yeah. you need to be able to kill your babies. Yeah. that's a phrase that I probably shouldn't use at work. Oh sure, yes, <laughs> but,
0: but something that's, that that's in, that's, ske- in the sketch a, world very a, much a, right, gets bandied about. That's the about. phrase
1: Jim Carlson uses yes. in IO sketch class. You need to be able to kill your babies. Right. Uh, It doesn't matter if this sketch is hilarious. It just doesn't fit in the show. Mm -hmm. It's not going in the show. Mm -hmm. And that's something I I did get comfortable with, I think, um, doing improv, doing sketch, Mm -hmm. working with Nerdologues especially Mm -hmm. uh, these past two years. I've gotten really comfortable with, well, this just isn't getting in at all. So um, going web development to comedy, it's been... We're doing this, but it's not perfect. But we're doing it anyway. I guess that's gone both ways. Gotcha. There's a concept that yeah. sure that's present in both. Sure, um,
0: I like that comparison. But the
1: um, but the idea of no, we're not doing this at all, and it's okay. <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> I think I've gotten more from the comedy world, and I've consciously been bringing it to my job because, you know, like any project, there's probably a never ending wish list, Sure. Limited budget. Right. And yeah, at work, um, I've on my projects, I think often been the one pushing most for we need to cut something. Mm. And I think it's going to be this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. Uh, that is, uh, anything. What else? Life in general. Mm hmm. I,
1: it's my entire job
0: right, <laughs> and, sure.
1: and often more than job, you know, yeah. end up thinking about my job or just web development in general. Most of the time. Sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, How could you not?
1: Yeah. So it's, you know, it's informed the way I think about government, um,
0: I mean you just I'd, said you just drew comparison to religion and <laughs> like, you know, not necessarily yeah. just where web mm-hmm. development is yeah associated. But um
1: but yeah, government especially is getting affected by web development. Like watching the healthcare dot gov news last right. year was really weird. Especially yeah,
0: of course.
1: Especially because yeah. about a year ago, uh There was a minor amount of publicity and hype, at least in the web development world, around the front end of healthcare.gov. Separate from the troubled back-end registration Uh was um, the front end uh, that was getting built in this new kind of competitor to Drupal Hmm. Um, that seemed really exciting. It was going to be all open-sourced, so in addition to... The uh, engine of the site being open-sourced like Drupal, the content of the site and all its configuration of this healthcare.gov front-end was going to be open-sourced as well. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It was open-sourced and then it got ignored, I think, because the back-end registration system was falling apart. Mm. Um, But it was an interesting experiment in making government Funded code, freely available for download by anybody. Wow! So the like the day it came out, I downloaded it immediately, and I wanted to get a commit in it, okay? Uh, like an official change to the code, recorded with my name on it, because I thought that'd be awesome. Sure, yeah. So I opened every single that file. That's so funny. I opened every single content file and looked for red squiggly lines, hoping to find a misspelling so uh-huh. that I could fix it.
0: And get it in. Uh huh. And I did. Nice! <laughs> but then they took it down. No! Oh, right. Because of, you think, because of the backing stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, they took it down once, got rid of the history of my commit, and then put it up again. And then I filed three more spelling fixes, and then those were never merged. Dang. I
0: know. Dang.
1: I know. But it's but that's place. but that's how it affects my life. That's how I spent July the evening of July third last year looking for spelling mistakes on healthcare.gov. So that's <laughs> so that's how web development has affected my life Mary bad. I thought I'm gonna be patriotic on this July third evening. I'm gonna I'm gonna fix something in healthcare.gov. For free
0: that is amazing, I think that sums i think that caps it so perfectly. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Of course. It was really fun. I would have talked to you about everything on your list. <laughs> uh, but it's probably for the better that we're... It's one seventeen. Oh. So... <laughs> or the, the time yeah. for the app is one seventeen. It's uh, earlier than that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much again. Uh, I am so bummed about... Milwaukee taking you, but I'm glad you'll be around. I'm glad it's not like California taking you or something like that. It's not that far. Yeah. So I know you'll be around and, uh, you know, be involved in the show in some capacity. The show that's opening in a
1: weekend. Oh boy, nine. May 23rd. What are you going to do? See the X Men premiere or the Nerdalox premiere? You could probably. I ask you podcast listeners. You listener. could do
0: both, right? I suppose Is you it, could. Yeah. I mean, it's a right? movie.
1: You can see it anytime.
0: Yeah, but also you could go at midnight. Yeah. And then, like, just, you know, skip work, yeah. uh, sleep in, yeah. get super prepped to yep. see our show at eight. Yeah. There you see go. See both. There you go. Done. That's what you're going to do, Podcast World. Boom. And uh, with that, Steve Persh, I love you and I mean that.
1: Well, I love you and I mean that. Right, Beth. <laughs> Yay. Flame and red, flame and
0: red, flame and red, flame and red, flame and red, flame and red.